You are now listening to the I Should Have Captained podcast. It is game week two, and I should have captained Mikhail Antonio. Let's go. joining me super appreciative of those of you who listened to the last podcast and those of you who shared it as well um but again game week two in the books and of course we have to do a quick rundown and recapping everything that happened and of course how is that going to inform our decisions for game week three we start off at the top of the game week liverpool two burnley nil fun fact mohammed salah apparently in his entire career, his entire career, in game week two of any league, he has not scored at all. So it's a very strange fact that he emerged after game week two. Now, obviously, some people knew of this going into the game week. And it was a very strange thing because I heard about it and I obviously just ignored it because I'm like, it's happenstance. But at this rate, it is starting to look more than a coincidence. We're talking about his entire career at this point. But anyways, goals from Sadio Mane and Diogo Jota. Now, Diogo Jota has scored in back-to-back games. Keep in mind, he is also now playing as a striker in place of Firmino. His price, 7.6. So certainly, Diogo Jota is doing something right. So I'm just going to quickly call out Simicas at 4.2. We are watching for his um, starting position in game week three. Is he going to be dropped for Robertson or not? Of course, it's against Chelsea, but it'd be interesting to see if he's able to at least play one more game. Now, he's not played badly at all. In fact, he's been an executive um, backup and, um, you know, a very good backup in place of Andy Robertson. He got an assist in the game and enough for two bonus points as well. So, Simicas did really, really well. And of course, Klopp had to mention him when um, Jota scored the goal uh, when he asked about it so he had to mention it so Simicast at 4.2 be interesting to see what happens against Chelsea and of course we suspect after the international break he will be gone so we'll find an option getting rid of him and of course Trent Alexander-Arnold just did the need for as usual came in providing a bunch of assists um, just one assist sorry I should say scoring one assist um, finding Sadio Mane for the goal now quick thing I certainly want to mention Joel Matip seems to be the deputy, or at least the second um, centre-back in Klopp's mind. Matip at 5 million. If Simicash drops out of the starting eleven, Matip becomes the easiest path into Liverpool's um, defence. So certainly the cheapest path, actually, at 5 million. So if you want to have a Liverpool defender, they look like they're ready to defend properly again with Van Dijk back in the starting lineup. All right. On the Burnley side, just quick thing we want to mention there on the Burnley side, they certainly played. Um, Ashley Barnes was really the only person who seemed interested in playing at all. And also Tarkowski had, I think, two shots or headers or something like that. So those would be the two people I'm watching to see what happens with them in the next couple of matches. But certainly I don't see Burnley being um, an effective team. They play Leeds next. And of course, once we come back from the international break, it's Everton, Arsenal and Leicester. So I would ignore anything Burnley for the next couple of matches. I think they're not going to provide a bunch of points either in defense or attack. At least that's what I'm expecting. But that Arsenal game could obviously be interesting considering, you know, Arsenal. But we'll get to them shortly. Arsenal Villa 2 Newcastle nil. Goals from El Ghazi, 
Danny Ings, and two assists from Tyrone Mings. Something I just want to quickly call out. I'm certainly concerned by Danny Ings' lack of opportunities. He had only two shots in the game. Now, don't get me wrong. One of those goals was a wonder goal. And I really, really love watching it and replaying it over and over. It was an amazing bicycle kick. But his lack of opportunities to score is alarming to me. I would have thought that by now they would have found a way to get him more shots in the box, you know, getting the ball more. Again, it could also be Newcastle's strategy against him, but I didn't see enough of him in the box or any real opportunities other than what he created. Now, don't get me wrong, he's an amazing finisher where he's able to finish off the scraps he's feeding off of, but it could also just be, uh, obviously, Buendia taking some time to get into the league considering they just came back from championship with Norwich. And then, of course, Leon Bailey readjusting to the Premier League as well. Um, so it's going to take some time, but I'm certainly concerned about Danny Ings not having a lot of opportunities. Now, this is also compounded by El Ghazi taking the penalties away from him. Um, of course, El Ghazi is on a clean streak with uh, six penalties taken in the Premier League, and he scored all six for Aston Villa. And so I have no problem with El Ghazi taking it. My challenge just is, I do not care about El Ghazi. Um, Danny Ings is who I want scoring for me. So I'm watching to see what happens against Brentford in the coming game week three. But for me, considering his next fixtures are Chelsea, Everton and Manchester United, I'm going to advise once this game week three passes, you may want to get rid of Danny Ings. There are going to be a bunch of options anyways, but we'll get into that shortly. But Danny Ings after game week three would be something I would look to get rid of. Now on the Newcastle side, Callum Wilson certainly had a sitter in my mind, all he has to do is round the keeper. That's all he had to do. Either way, place the ball, round the keeper. It doesn't really matter. He had a one-on-one clean through and he put it wide. So in my mind, that's a sitter. As for a striker of any of his caliber, he should be able to finish it off. So at 7.5, Danny Ings, he is getting, sorry, I said Danny Ings. Callum Wilson is getting his opportunities, but he squandered a mighty one against Aston Villa. That would be the only person I want to call out from Newcastle. Matt Ritchie as well, still creating chances. I believe he had like five key passes in the game. So Matt Ritchie, the left back, five million, certainly still doing what he he's expected to do. But, um, you know, certainly just his team just isn't finishing at this time. The last thing I'm going to mention in this game, um, Ashley Young at left back was the only other thing I noticed that I was like, eh, that seems a little interesting. Matt Target did not play at all after he got roasted by Smiler. So in game week one, just roasted completely. So um, I'm guessing he was taken out of the lineup just to, you know, cover him a little bit, you know, recover a little bit from that game. All right. Crystal Palace nil, Brentford nil. Now this one, there are a couple of players I watched here. Now a lot of them are 5.5. Both of them actually, that I want to quickly call out. Gallagher, Connor Gallagher, 5.5 on the Crystal Palace. I had two shots, but it was really, really lively in that match. So something that I was watching for. Now on the um, Brentford side, Mbelmo, who is on corners and free kicks is also priced at 5.5. He had three shots, three key passes in the game. Uh, of course, obviously the obvious guys are, you know, the Tonys, the Zahas. They certainly did their part. I mean, obviously they were still a menace throughout the game and Tony really should have scored. He had a really nice header opportunity that he should have scored, but he didn't. Um, and so Tony is starting to look like Timo Werner from last year where you keep thinking he's going to do something. Um, I, I'm already going to walk away from it. Um, I think... Brentford may just end up being a better defensive team to follow than expecting them to be scoring. So if you want to go Brentford, I would just look in their defense because at 4.5, a bunch of them, they seem like good value in defense. Um, I think they're set up well to defend well. So 
um, as 4.5, a lot of their defenders are available. And also, if you want to have a backup goalkeeper, Raya at 4.5 looks an excellent one. So I would maybe go defensive routes in Brentford than going for the attacking assets. That will be how I would uh, go about it. Now, on the Crystal Palace side too, similarly, their defenders are still really, really good. You've got Guaita, you've got Kuyate. There's this new guy called Guehi, and he is priced at 4.5 as well. Similarly, also looks decent. Looks decent. But of course, their next fixture is West Ham. Um, and we'll get to them. West Ham just looks so, so good. So I wouldn't even buy Crystal Palace anyways for that specific reason. Next game of the game week, we've got Leeds to Everton to This one was actually a cracker. I enjoyed watching this game. And then, you know, if you, if you check out my fantasy team, I certainly for this season follow um, Leeds um, specifically. And that's my favorite team for this season going in. Um, that is going to change shortly considering what has just um, what is happening in the news with Ronaldo but we'll get to that um, shortly towards the end now leads to Everton to goals from Matthias Click Rafinha and then we also got Dominic Alvaluen who scored a penalty and Damari Gray um, quick thing I want to mention with uh, Damari Gray 5.5 he had one shot one goal I really like players who are like that now the only thing I don't like about that stat that I saw was that he didn't take more shots he is a provider primarily. He's on the wings. He's trying to make improve his end product. But I'm liking that he scored in part because it spurs on more confidence to score more later. So maybe he might start taking on chances. 5.5 is an excellent price for him. And he's playing over 80 minutes. So he usually comes off at the 82nd minute. It looks like there's a pattern. So obviously game week one, he was taken off at the 82nd minute. And now against Leeds, he was taken off again at the 82nd minute. That's how he had scored. So the Grid doesn't finish out the game. But certainly he plays sufficient minutes to be there for a long while. So Demari Gray will be another one. Now, um, Dominic Calvert-Lewin took the penalty. Of course, we know Sigurdsson has some off-field issues he needs to sort out. But Calvert-Lewin taking penalties is an interesting development. He is now currently priced at 8.2 million. Uh, he played really, really well, had four shots. He had a bunch of one-on-ones he should have scored. I believe even two. There was one I saw, if I remember correctly, um, from Demari Gray that was down. Um, pulled back to him and he hit it towards the goalie and went through his leg, but he couldn't go over the line. So that was one of them. Then there was another one-on-one that he was put through with Iwobi's pass and he should have scored, but he did not. So that was interesting. But again, as I said, in game week one, they are peppering Dominic Calvert-Lewin with opportunities to score. If he gets even a little bit more clinical, he should be banging in goals, banging them in. Like he had way too many opportunities to score against Leeds. And again, similarly, even in game week one against Southampton. So he's getting multiple opportunities. He's not scoring enough of them, sure, but he's getting a bunch of them. And so even though he's not completely clinical yet, he's getting way too many chances. And Benitez has essentially found a way to make this team just completely catered towards his needs. On the lead side, um, Rafinha was taking a lot of shots as well. He had six in the game. And of course, his wonder goal was amazing. His goal was really good. But he reminded me of what he should have done at Manchester United. Similarly, um, on his left foot, trying to find the corner. Um, and he really ideally would have scored against Manchester United. But this time he scored it at Everton. So certainly Rafinha, 6.5, is a good place to look next. He's got Burnley in game week three. But after that, he's got Liverpool coming back in game week four. But for the next five to six games, Newcastle, West Ham, Watford, Southampton, Wolves and Norwich. So after the international break, of course, Liverpool next. But if you remember, Liverpool was their starting game last season and they played really, really well. So that wouldn't hinder me from buying Rafinha, especially knowing he plays Burnley away next 
anyways. So at 6.5, Rafinha looks interested and I would be looking at that price. I think that 6.5 looks mighty juicy for some points um, that you might catch. Now, the last thing I'm going to mention on this um, fixture was Mateus Click. He came off after 59th minute, but interesting in his position, he was playing in that Rodrigo behind the striker role. And I was intrigued by that. And I don't know if he's going to continue or not, but I'm wondering to see now. The other thing I'm not really happy about was him coming off in the 59th minute. He played all 19 against Manchester United. So I'm hoping it's just an injury. So we'll see what happens also with Rodrigo when um, Rodrigo is back in the starting lineup. That was interesting to see where he played. Anyways, Manchester City, five. Norwich, nil. Um, the only obvious thing that we noticed here was Gabriel Jesus playing on the wing. Should have had three assists other than the one that got pulled for an own goal to Crow, So he only had two assists, or really should have had three. Um, enough for 11 points there. Um, Gabriel Jesus played really, really well. So if he's going to play on the wing, that's going to be interesting. Um, goals from Grealish, Mares, Sterling, Laporte. And of course, as I already mentioned, the own goal from Crow. Now, as we were, as I was getting ready for this podcast, of course, news has been going around that Ronaldo might be signing for Manchester City. That makes things very interesting for Manchester City. If Ronaldo comes into this team, I suspect he's going to be brought in as a striker, which is fine. He might most likely be 11.5, considering he didn't play in the league last season to earn his 12. And he will then be provided by Kevin De Bruyne, Grealish, um, the Mahrez's of the world, the Jesus's of the world. So now we have a real problem on our hands where Ronaldo could be coming into Manchester City and the FPL game to dismantle this thing. And, oh man, I'm so excited. Um, I, whew, oh man, I don't know how to head my excitement. Like Ronaldo, Ronaldo being in this Premier League will be a disaster for everybody. And I, I'm just looking forward to it. Anyways, um, anyways, <laughs> Norwich obviously had nothing to do in the game. They literally had only one shot and even that one was more or less a fluke um with a counter-attacking effort and he just wasted it so nothing really to notice on the Norwich side now keep in mind Norwich have now considered eight goals so far that is not a good start to the season um but in fairness to them they've played the two best teams in the league they've played Liverpool they've played Manchester City so considering <laughs> considering this I I really can't blame them for considering eight already they have Leicester and then their season begins with Arsenal Watford Everton Burnley, Brighton. I think they can get a draw out of Arsenal, um, but that Leicester one, I think Leicester will be looking to get some revenge after the West Ham drubbing they just got. So um, Norwich looking like the whipping boys currently, um, but man, it's not a good start. Certainly not a good start at all. Um, keep in mind, they did just um, demolish another team also in the EFL Cup, 6-0. So I'm sure they have some confidence going into the next game against Leicester. So Norwich on that side, and we wish them all the best, essentially. All right. Brighton two, Watford nil. Um, Shane Duffy with a goal and Neil Mope with a goal and then getting injured to come off. Assist from Pascal Gross and Bissouma. Quick thing I want to mention. Um, Duffy had three shots in the game. So three headers essentially. Um, he essentially tied for the most shots in the game. The next person who had three shots as well was McAllister. And McAllister is also someone I'm also wondering what's going on there because the stats seem to jump out at me. He scored in the last game. He only played 14 minutes. And now in this game against Watford, he played the entirety of it and really should have scored. Um, so McAllister is someone I'm also putting on my watch list just to see what's happening there. 
Um, just interesting what the stats show you and how players are performing. But obviously he didn't get any goals, but it was just something I'm, I'm curious to what's going on with him. It seems like he might just be randomly interested in scoring. He also had, I believe, three key passes in addition to three shots. So there's something there and I'm curious to what that is. So I will be keeping my eye on, on that game. I remember I watched the game and he was playing really, really well. He was getting in really good positions. And so I'm just curious if that's a fluke because... You know, there was no new Mopi for after a while, or is this an ongoing thing that is going to be an all-season thing? So we'll be keeping an eye on McAllister, and uh, we'll see what happens there. Now, the last thing I was going to mention on the Brightford side of Watford versus Brighton, um, this is now the second game where Watford have considered two goals. Now, the last one they won against Aston Villa three-two, but they've now considered two goals back to back. So we can already tell that Watford defensively are not all there. There were also some lapses there. Um, Trust Ekong certainly gave away a goal for New Mope. So that was how um, Brighton got in. Now, so on the Watford side, of course, it's my lassage, just where you want to go. There's really nobody else right now. Obviously, Dennis is another one at 5.1, but he didn't seem really in the game. And I think Brighton just essentially played him out of the game. And of course, that's in part due to um, Yves Basuma. So Basuma is essentially the primary reason why we didn't see much from Watford. So they were excellent against Villa, against Brighton. They were just asleep. So let's say one-off. We'll see if which Watford we're going to get next game. Um, they play, um, excuse, sorry, excuse me. They play Tottenham next. So we'll see what happens at Tottenham. I certainly think Tottenham is going to dominate them again. So we'll see Tottenham is also at home. And of course, Harry Kane is back. We'll get to that shortly. Southampton won on the Sunday game. Manchester United won goals from Greenwood. And of course, the own goal from Fred. Adam Armstrong, um, I really like. I quite like. I think there was an opportunity he should have scored. But Adam Armstrong, I think I like as a good replacement for Danny Ings. Um, It'll be interesting to see how he continues to perform. But Adam Armstrong was a really, really good player in that game that I noticed. Of course, the other one I'm going to mention on Southampton side, Livramento currently priced at 4.0. I suspect his price might go up by the beginning of game week three, but currently at, as at the time of recording, Livermento 4.0 played really, really well in the game. Um, yeah, can't really say much of him. I think he, I think he's going to be a star in, the, in this league. Um, obviously, he's really, really young. He's played 19 minutes in back-to-back games against Everton and Manchester United. And of course, he's kept uh, Kyle Walker-Peters out of the starting 11. So, I'm looking forward to it. I think Southampton have put together a nice team that they're rebuilding. I believe they also bought a new centre-back from Torino Liginka, I think is his name, or Liginka or something like that. I'm not sure how to pronounce or say it right. But um, Southampton are going about their rebuild quite nicely, especially when they clawed back Manchester United to a draw. I think there was an opportunity there for for them to even go on to win the game. But um, United, of course, got better after the goal and maybe even would also have won the game similarly. Um, of course, on the Manchester United side, and for those who've been listening to me for a while now, I don't personally rate Manchester United players, but of course, that one is just personal bias. If we look at it objectively, um, Greenwood has played really, really well in both games. Um, cannot deny that at all. Uh, you see the, he scored against Leeds and now scored against Southampton. Um, he played on the wing and then played as a striker when Martial came off um, for... Jaden Sancho. So I'm curious to see at 7.6 if this is going to be an ongoing thing. Waiting to see what happens when Cavani comes back into the lineup. I'm curious to see how Jaden Sancho becomes a real player in this uh, new team. And also, I'm curious to see what happens with Pogba when Rashford comes back. Currently, he's playing on the left side 
of um, the attacking uh, midfielders. So it'll be interesting to see what happens when Rashford is back. You've got Martial, you've got Cavani, you've got Sancho. Who do you start with? Obviously, Pogba is going to be in the starting eleven. So does he go back into the um, midfield, dropping your, you know, Matic, Fred, Fred, McTominay, Matic, McTominay, double pivot? Do you drop that and put Pogba in there? Or do you leave Pogba on the wing? Now, obviously, I do not think personally that Pogba should be on the wing, but it seems to be working. He had a bunch of shots and really should have scored again. He didn't score the last game against Leeds, and he also could have scored against Southampton. So he seems to be effective there. Now, obviously, it is against weaker opposition, but still, he is performing very, very well. He got another assist in this game. So that's his tally is now up to five in two games. So certainly seems to be doing something that far up front. Obviously, Point FC did not come through. And I, for one, am excited because I am going without Point FC as much as I can. I also looked at their fixture. They play Wolves next. I, From what I've seen, Wolves have held teams to one goal in each game. So Wolves look like they know what they're doing defensively with their new coach. And I suspect that they will also hold Manchester United to one goal. Keep in mind, Wolves have already played Leicester. And that brings me to the next game. Wolves nil, Spurs won. They held Spurs as well to one goal. And obviously, we could say Spurs also are only scoring one at a time. They scored one against Manchester City. But still, Wolves played very, very well. Um, I looked at the stats of what Wolves did. Triori had four shots. Jimenez, five shots. Trincao, four shots. So it's not for lack of effort that Wolves didn't score. Um, Traore should really have scored. I think his XG was even somewhere about 0.7 and 0.7 means like really you should score. Like penalty, XG is about 0.76. So at 0.7, that just means you just had so many opportunities to score and you just didn't. So Traore should have scored. Jimenez as well could have scored four key passes. So if you look at the stats, you know that Wolves played really, really well. But of course the opposition they're playing against is also really, really strong. Spurs held uh, Manchester City to no goals. So if you can hold City to no goals, I, I'm going to just assume, you know, you know how to defend. So Spurs certainly know how to defend and they know what they're doing. On the Spurs side, um, obviously we saw Dele Ali take the penalty. Um, that was an interesting one. Um, I, I would have thought Son would take that penalty, but I think he left it to Dele Ali just to get his um, season up and running. Um, Harry Kane came on and also could have scored with an assist from Bergwijn. Um, but as we've noticed already and we've discovered in the news, Kane is going to stay this season. And he's even looking for a new contract, which to me is just amazing, considering he just tried to leave how many minutes ago now you're looking for a new contract. But anyways, um, that's not my business. That's the business out of, of, of the club. Now, Harry Kane carrying on at 12.3. So his price has dropped. So at 12.3, Harry Kane looks interested in scoring still. I mean, it is what he does. So um, we'll see what happens when he comes back into this starting lineup. I suspect he will start against Watford. Um, he did play in the UEFA Conference League, I believe it is today um and of course he played really really well i mean it's harry kane just trying to get up to match fitness so expect to see him against watford on the sunday um and he played really really well 12.3 harry kane um of course we also saw that um, human son has gone up in price to 10.1 starting as a striker i'm curious to see how um nuno espirito santo plays plays both son and kane i'm curious if he will do that you know the way Mourinho used them or is he going to introduce his own new style? So we'll see what that looks like, but I'm just going to carry on with Young Min Son at this time. 
Last game of the Sunday, Arsenal nil, Chelsea 2. This one jumped at me in the stats. It was amazing that the game only ended 2-0. Obviously, I watched the game, and I like even from the beginning, everybody knew Lukaku was going to bully Arsenal. It was just so obvious. And for even everyone who thought Lukaku would bully Arsenal, everyone was still impressed by how much Lukaku bullied Arsenal. Um, in terms of the stats, Lukaku really should have scored more than one. Let's just, you know, let's call it speed to speed. He could have scored two, he could have scored three, if we're being honest. Um, he had about eight shots in the game, and that was the most across everybody in the league um, on the same game week. Eight shots, three key passes. Havertz had another four shots. Um, Mount had three shots. <laughs> James Reese, uh, Reese James, sorry, Reese James had another four shots. So quite frankly, like, Arsenal were played out of the stadium completely. You would have thought Chelsea were at home. Um, but of course, Lukaku plays Liverpool next. And so you, we, will, we will then get a real barometer of where um, Chelsea are in terms of their own players and everybody. But from everything that it looks currently, man, it, it just looks bad um, in terms of what happened against Arsenal. Um, Lukaku was a good player in that game. You've got Havertz that just really played really well. Mount also got his own assist. Um, Reese James got a goal and an assist and a clean sheet. Alonso could have also had a clean sheet. Like wherever you look around across that, Chelsea attacking side, there were points. Obviously, you're not going to have a Kovacic, you're not going to have Jorginho unless you want penalties. So really, anybody who could attack was attacking, quite frankly, and could have scored. So <laughs> when you look at it from that perspective, Chelsea just, just looks really, really good. And of course, Arsenal are just also really, really bad. So obviously, you don't want to blow things out of proportion, but still, um, Chelsea just look like they're ready to really challenge this season. On the Arsenal side, nobody really looked that good, quite frankly, from the eye test. Um, Holding had a clear opportunity that he could have scored uh, out of, you know, yeah, I think it was a set piece, so he was lucky enough. And ESR also was pretty much a really good player on the day, but two shots didn't really do much. And quite frankly, Chelsea were in cruise control the entire time. So not really much to discuss from the Arsenal side. Arsenal just don't look ready, still not scoring in the Premier League. Of course, they won against uh, West Bromwich Albion 6-0, but quite frankly, um, I don't expect much against Manchester City on Saturday. It just looks like it's going to be another drubbing. In fairness, though, they will have a number of starters, so there won't be any excuses for the drubbing they're going to receive. But we will see how Arsenal set up against Manchester City. And of course, the last game of the game week. West Ham 4, Leicester 1. Mikel Antonio. Should have captained him, man. I do. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Of course, of course, nobody could have predicted that Leicester would get a red card, right? That is certainly that assisted in the situation. But Antonio just looks like he's on fire. Quite frankly, um, he scored in the Newcastle game. Should have scored two. He had a penalty that he missed, and then he had two assists in addition to his goal in that game. So enough for fourteen points. Sorry, thirteen points in the last time. And now against Leicester, he's got two goals and one assist. So Antonio, now the record Premier League goal scorer for West Ham just seems interested they play crystal palace next and they're at home again so that home crowd antonio I, he just looks unplayable right now um and west ham is tailor-made for him david moyes i just set up that team to essentially do the needful for him now other people that you want to maybe interested in looking at aside from antonio dawson had four shots he also could have scored he had a header from a corner kick that he could have scored um so dawson is another one you want to you want to look at so far had an assist similarly could have been on the score sheets. Uh, Cresswell had a nice um, half volley that he could have scored. Suchek, three shots. Bowen had five key passes. 
uh, Pablo Fornals had one shot, but obviously it was a nice, nicely placed place, um, nicely placed shot, and he scored. Also could have had an assist in the game. Ben Rama had a freebie from Antonio, um, scored and obviously assisted. So Ben Rama has played in the middle, played on the wing, and still points are coming. So quite frankly, everywhere you look across that West Ham team, they just look really interested. And as of today, they've also added Kurt Zuma. So really, West Ham just look like they are building on their strengths from last season. My worry is what happens when Europa League comes into the mix? They do not have the squad depth to take out Antonio or to lose Antonio. So I suspect they might play with younger players early in the pro- in the league and then later on bring in the big guns. But till then, in the Premier League, which is obviously the primary one, they might play their starters. So that's what I'm hoping might happen. Of course, Antonio is their only striker. and Without Antonio, I don't think anything else happens. I suspect they also still try to get Lingard in before the end of the transfer window to get some depth as well. And of course, Lingard will probably want to come back considering his um, time at United might be limited. So hopefully I wish West Ham all the best because they are certainly going to be a useful FPL asset. Um, an FPL team really for a lot of us managers, all of them well-priced and performing really, really well. On the Leicester side, just because we cannot ignore them, uh, Tillemans got a goal. Um, Vardy was pretty much out of the game. Harvey Barnes also still didn't look like he was sharp, considering he looked really, really strong in preseason. So we might just see um, Leicester next game week. I suspect they're going to obviously smash <laughs> Norwich. That's what I'm expecting. I don't expect them to just come in and score. I think they should smash them. Um so we'll be watching for Harvey Barnes in that one to see if he's actually the real deal. We'll also be curious to see how Patson Dakar gets along. Um, of course, Vardy is just going to do Vardy things um, against Norwich. So it'll be interesting to see how um, Leicester gets their season going against Norwich. Now, with that, obviously, game week three in the um, as we look forward, it's going to be an interesting one. Um, I wish you all the best based on everything we've seen so far, um, two games that we've not had an opportunity to assess and review. There are going to be a few players that, you know, jump out at you. Obviously, the West Ham ones, um, the Manchester City players who are also obviously in roulette. Um, you've also got, obviously, your um, Liverpool assets. You've got your Brunos of the world. So those players, obviously, are jumping out at us. So with that, game week three, I wish you guys all the best. And may your arrow be green. Goodbye.